When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. He blitzes right past Marshawn to the net. Dishes. What timer score? Leon Dreisaitl. What a play by McDavid. Dreisaitl's got it back. 10 seconds to play. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Well, it's tonight the night Canada parties. The NBA Finals could end this evening. The Raptors on home court taking on the Golden State Warriors. Kevin Durant taking the warm-up for the Warriors. He is expected to play for the first time since May 8th. He played Game 5 of the second round against the Houston Rockets. They will tip off in an hour. I will keep you updated once it gets underway. The Raptors trying to join a very exclusive club. Of course, uh, you know, a lot of people, well, I shouldn't say a lot of people, but you you will read this sometimes where uh, it has been said that the history of the National Basketball Association is really the history of the Los Angeles Lakers and the Boston Celtics. They have won a lot of championships. They have played each other in the NBA Finals a lot. The last 20 NBA champions, the Spurs have five, the Lakers have five, Golden State has three, Miami has three. So that is covers off 16 championships spread amongst just four clubs, and then Cleveland, Dallas, the Celtics, and Pistons have won each over the last 20 years. So the Raptors trying to break into that, trying to bring the NBA championship to Canada, obviously for the first time ever. In North America, we have the big four. We have the big four major professional sports, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, and Major League Baseball. Well, of course, uh, in the NFL, a Canadian team has never won a Super Bowl. A Canadian team has never played in the National Football League. In the NBA, we've had the Raptors for the last quarter century. We have the Vancouver Grizzlies for four seasons before they uh, moved on to Memphis. Uh, They obviously were never very good, so never an NBA championship. Major League Baseball, of course, the Blue Jays did it in 1993. I like to believe still in my middle age that the Montreal Expos would have done it in 1994. They did have the best record when uh, the league shut down in August and the World Series was eventually uh, canceled, but the Blue Jays did win in 92 and 93. And uh, the The big sore spot, and this is a a league that actually has a fair number of Canadian teams, and uh, man, you got to go all the way back to 1993. 1993 for the last Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup as the best in the NHL. Montreal beating Kelly Rudy's Los Angeles Kings in the final. Since then, what have we had, Kellen? We had uh, the Flames play for the Stanley Cup and Uh lose in seven games. We had uh, the Oilers play for the Stanley Cup and lose in seven games. Mm-hmm. Uh, what Ottawa lost in, uh, was it five, I think, to Anaheim mm-hmm. and uh, Vancouver and Boston. 
Vancouver yeah. uh, went to seven games against Boston and uh, and lost. So Montreal has not even been back in the final since 93. The Leafs have not. The Jets were around for the beginning of that, and now they're back. They uh, obviously haven't been to the final. Well, I guess the Nordiques were still around a few years after 93 as well. So could be uh, significant tonight. I know a lot of you getting ready to watch, and uh, it, it's it's pretty cool. It's, it's pretty cool to see people on board and excited about the Raptors. We'll talk a little bit more basketball between 6.30 and 7 tonight. My buddy Jordan Baker is going to join us having a really good year for uh, the Edmonton Stingers of the Canadian Elite Basketball League. And uh, Jordan of that age, in his, uh, in his mid to late 20s where there has always been a Canadian NBA team. And so it's something he's followed throughout uh, his entire life. So he's going to check in a little bit later on tonight. Hey, thanks for tuning in this evening. My name is Reed Wilkins. You can reach out at 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Kellen Kennedy is on the other side of the window. Kellen, you, uh, you are working obviously till midnight. I assume mm-hmm. you'll be watching the Raptors game throughout the evening. Yeah, as soon as we're done with the uh, coaches' show, they'll have the Raptors game up and on in here for sure. Well, you can you can ha- you're allowed to have it on the TV. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm just saying you don't have to wait for the coaches' show to end. To I'll, I'll be able television. to devote more of my attention after the coaches' oh, show. Oh, that's what you're yeah, saying. Okay. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I you're, will have it on. Don't worry. You're a good guy. Uh, the Oilers did make an announcement today. I, I want to cover this off here at the beginning of the show. You probably heard it earlier. We had the news conference live at uh, 10.30. We had more with the, with the new individual on Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. Tom Anselmi takes over as the president of business operations and the chief operating officer of the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club and Ice District. Bob Nicholson's role will uh, shift a little bit. He is the uh, chairman of the Edmonton Oilers uh, Hockey Club. Uh, Stephen says, uh, might have missed this earlier, but with the changes earlier today, is uh, Kate's no longer the chair of OEG? No, he is the chair of OEG. Nicholson, uh, the chair of the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club. And uh, so Tom Anselmi comes aboard, and he has a long... I mean, we were talking about Canadian franchises. He worked for the Blue Jays mid to late 80s, was part of getting Skydome built, uh, extended period of time with uh, the Maple Leafs and the Raptors, also worked for Orca Bay and the Vancouver Canucks, and uh, most recently and most briefly, he was with the Ottawa Senators. So he is coming in as the business guy, the in-game experience for the fans, Ice District, uh, other, uh, you know, whether it's concerts or whatever else is going to come through Rogers Place. That is uh, going to be his field. Oh, someone has an idea. Uh, Hey, Reed, can the Oilers now get the Super Dogs in the building with today's announcement? Well, I'm sure they can, but I wouldn't be going. I can promise you that. But Anselmi knows that he's taken over a team that has done really, really poorly for a really, really long time. And he, uh, he knows that even though he's going to be doing some business stuff, he knows that the on-ice product, the wins have to be there to help with the consumer frustration. I've been really lucky along the way here, and I've always worked in markets where there was, um, you know, a lot of a lot of passion and a lot, and you know, and a, and a great brand that really, you know, w- you know, w- w- just really had had a lot had a strong, an important position in people's lives, and and you know, you wouldn't want it any other way, right? I mean, that's you know, it, it makes it sometimes makes the selling easier, but it also makes the um, it 
it makes the uh, relationship more complicated. Uh, and uh, you know, clearly, when you're you know when you're not winning, the hot dogs don't taste as good. Nothing's as good, you know. And so, uh, you know, we're we have this unique uh, business here where uh, you know where our customer is so passionately engaged with you, um, but you don't have perfect control of product quality, right? It's you know you win some nights, you lose some nights, and so you know to 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 offset that, you've got to be the best you can be every night off the ice. And so, you know, so I like to talk a lot about winning on and off the ice. And you know, we got to win on the ice, but we got to win off the ice as well. And you know, it's it's it, it's nothing more than a nothing more. It's really important, obviously, but it's nothing more than you know an organizational commitment to to absolute excellence when it comes to virtually everything you're doing. And um, and you know, getting people all rolling in the same direction is you know kind of that phase where this organization or organization is at now. You know, you get a building open and you spend the first year or so just trying to survive and keep your head above water and then you start to figure things out and by about year three or four you can start to get really efficient and you know and really start to um, you know turn it into a turn it into a, a proper business and a consistent experience for your for your fans and you know kind of that's just what we're on the verge of so you know that's going to be the focus for the next short while while we start to think about how to grow that is Tom and Selmy the new president of business operations for your Edmonton Oilers you can get his full interview with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Now earlier today by going to the Oilers Now page on 630Ched.com. Read more as well on 630Ched.com. Your Edmonton Eskimos will start the CFL season Friday when they host Montreal. Very special guest after a quick timeout, the GM of the team, Brock Sunderland, when we get back. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. Uh, last year I thought we were good for half the season and then we had a, a case of people just thinking they're too good to be better. They thought they were better than the team and bigger than the team and you know everyone's got to realize they're a small piece to a big puzzle and I think this team gets it. Everyone knows the rules and uh, that's uh, that's what makes a championship team and I think we're growing together. Now we just got to get a couple wins in and get into a nice little rhythm. All right, a little bit there today from Sean White, place kicker for uh, your Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, I find those comments very interesting about uh, about last year's team as we roll into this year's team, and I'm pleased to welcome Eskimos General Manager Brock Sunderland back to the show. Brock, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for making time for me. Uh, well, I know you're always busy during the season, but the uh, the end of training camp and the transition into the regular season, I, I know, can be uh, especially tumultuous for you. So thanks for checking in tonight. Hey, you know what? Sean White's a veteran on the team. He's won a great cup here. He's well-respected. Um, you know, some interesting comments that, uh, you know, maybe he felt that there were some players on, on last year's club who uh, maybe weren't all in team-wise as much as he would have liked, you know, hearing that. Uh, what did you think? Well, what I think is I'm going to give you my best Bill, best Bill Belichick, and uh, 2018 is over, so we're on to 2019. All right. Well, you did it. That, that was a good answer. I even paused a little bit to see if you were going to keep going, but <laughs> that that's fine. Like I said, my best Bill Belichick. <laughs> no, no, that was, that was well done. I, I will ask you this, though, in terms of a, a bigger picture question about building a team, and, and you and I have touched on this in the past as well. You're, you're evaluating talent you're also evaluating people and personalities uh you know being a gm the last couple of years being the guy 
What have you learned about locker room culture and uh, how it affects some of the decisions you've made along the way? Right. Well, locker room culture is extremely important, and I know it's something that we've been discussing and preaching this entire camp, which is it's a we mentality as opposed to a me mentality. So um, it's it's vital and it's needed for success, and it's not just something that I've known about or believed in for the past two years. That's a, a thing that I think the best teams in any sport have that, and as many people say, it's not the most talented teams that win championships. It's the best teams, and with that comes the the continuity and the belief on, amongst everybody in the locker room that we're all in this together and no one person trumps the, the good of the whole. Okay. All right. So uh, we're rolling into the season here, uh, and uh, I, I know you guys had a, a lot of players in camp. I, I was talking to Dave Campbell before we came on today. I think he said you, you had 97 at one point. And, uh, you know, a lot of those guys were around for, for an extended period of time. How come you decided to maybe keep guys around, keep the numbers high, keep taking a look at guys deeper into camp? Uh, simply because we can. I think anytime you get a chance to evaluate players, uh, you should take that opportunity to do so. So, on, you know, on that point, there was a couple guys that we ended up letting go, but the last four to five days of camp, they really showed us what we saw in film or in person for them to get here. So there were steps taken in a lot of those last four to five days that made the conversations a lot harder and it, it increased our chances of being here. So, look, when you play a game six days in the camp and then you turn around and play another one four or five days later, you know, it's hard for these young guys to really acclimate to this game. It's different. You know, football's football, but when you go from four-down football to three-down football, it's a whole different animal. So to get thrown into the fire that way that quickly I don't know if we had you know to, to their defense I don't know if these players were allowed to really put their best for, foot forward immediately so that was a big part of it is we wanted to make sure that we were getting eyes on guys for as long as we could the long, as long as, while they were learning and adapting and really figuring out how this game is played up here all right. Uh, what a, a new th- initiative here in the Canadian Football League, uh, Global Players. Uh, I, I believe it's Maxime Rie that's, that's going to be on your roster here out of the gate, and I think you have a couple players uh, on the practice roster. First of all, what can you tell us about uh, Maxime, maybe a little bit on his background and, and what he can potentially bring to the team? Right, and that's still to be, to be determined on, on the roster, but Maxime is interesting because he came over and played at McGill for three years and knows this game. It kind of hits on what I just spoke about is it's a unique game, and if you've never played three-down football and the CFL rules, it's pretty hard to adapt. So the appealing thing about him when we made him our selection in that draft is he knows this game. He was playing it for the past three years, so it should be a pretty seamless transition, and so far it has been for him. So... You know, we like him, and, and we like all the guys that we have here that, that are the, quote, global players. So it's been, you know, Diego's had a very good camp. Jose's had a very good camp. So, you know, we're thrilled that they're with us, and we expect big things from them and for them to continue to grow and get better. Okay, and then the other two players are, are, are from Mexico? Correct. Okay. Interesting. Well, yeah, I'm curious to see how this turns out. That's pretty cool. Brock Sunderland joining us on Inside Sports, general manager of uh, of your Edmonton Eskimos. You know, unfortunately, Brock, uh, it's it's not often, well, probably it's not ever, a pro football team makes it through training camp with without an injury or two. Sir Vincent Rogers, and, and speaking of guys who are are popular with their teammates and are known for bringing a good culture to the locker room. I, I would think Sir Vincent falls into that uh, into that category. The uh, triceps injury for him, I know there was a lot of concern when it happened. He tweeted out, I'm, I'm not done for the season, I'm going to be okay. I saw him on the sideline 
you know, during your your home preseason game. Is is there anything you can you can offer as an update on, on his timeline and how he's doing? No, you know, our organizational policy is not to elaborate on injuries, but you know, what I will say is. You know, right now it doesn't look like it's going to be a season-long injury. The exact time frames we don't know just yet. Reason being is everybody heals at a different pace. Everybody goes to rehab a little bit differently, and everybody's body responds differently to surgery. So um, we're hopeful that he's going to be back this season. We think he will be exactly when. You know, that would be extremely speculative on our end right now. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, I appreciate you answering that. But just, just that you seem optimistic he will be back this season, I, I think, is, is a great answer that's going to make Eskimos fans pretty happy. Anthony Parker, t- tough injury for him. Uh, Canadian receiver goes down, obviously, with the uh, with the torn Achilles. Tell me a little bit about, the you know, the other Canadian receivers you have. I mean, I know you have a couple of guys back from last year, uh, and Natea Jay, who we're going to hear from later on the show as well. He talked to Morley at practice today but how how is that Canadian receiver position positions looking right now who are you confident can step up right well obviously you hit on the day he's been there done that we have a lot of confidence and faith in him and Tavon Smith first round draft pick from a couple years ago has been everything we thought he would be and a little bit more he can take the top off he is a 438 guy and that's official that's not just what people put out there that's uh, you know, on our watches, he can fly six two, so he's a big guy, and he's played major football. He's played at Iowa, was very productive there, and he's been around the NFL, and he's been active. And you know, not that just because those teams bring a guy in uh, is why we think he is good. But I will say this: usually, you don't get three to four opportunities like he has in that league with being active a little bit if you're not doing something right, if if you don't have the talent that's needed to be successful. So we like what we've seen about it, out of him in camp and, and we expect big things and behind them we have Harry McMaster a draft pick from last year from Western who's had a very good camp went back this past season and had 10 touchdown catches and, and a very good productive season and then Shy Ross out of uh, Manitoba has had an extremely good training camp very athletic very quick so right now those are our four and uh, we're very confident what they do and as with every other position um, you know, potentially it could be some other people added in, but we have a lot of faith and belief that we can win with these guys, and that's why they're here with us right now. All right. Well, and I loved your answer about the uh, the, the timing in the 40 as well. So, so you're saying my buddy timing me running in the back alley isn't as reliable as a bunch of scouts <laughs> gathering together, right? Okay. Depends who your buddy is. I mean, I don't want to count anybody out, right? Fair is fair. Uh, I, I'm just going to ask you, ask you one more, and... You know, Brock. Obviously, you know I, I interact with uh, with fans doing this show, or, or just people in my life who are Eskimos fans. And a lot of them have said to me, "Reed, I was excited on free agency day. I like Brock went out and and didn't make the story losing Mike Riley. He made it about other guys coming in." But I get asked a lot about a, a an addition to the Eskimos who is not a player, and that is defensive coordinator Philip Lawley, who, who wasn't mm-hmm. you know, on the sidelines before on Chris Jones' staff. Give me your impression of uh, uh, Philip so far and the mentality you see him instilling in the defense. Yeah, the impression is just a true football man. He's been around the game for a long time, and you can tell that. He was a head coach for a lot of years for a high school program in Alabama, which if, if you're familiar with high school football down there, that's essentially a college program with the expectations and pressure. And then he was at the University of Auburn for, I believe, 14 years and a different number of roles. And he was with them when they won the national championship uh, that one year. So he's, he's been around high-level football for a lot of years. Obviously, then he came here with Chris Jones and was part of that 2015 Grey Cup team 
went on to Saskatchewan and then on to Hamilton. Um, that's a little bit about him. And then as far as mentality, it's aggressive. It's going to be in your face, and I think that was uh, displayed a bit in the preseason with, with the blitz packages and more man-to-man schemes and those things. But we're going to be multiple. I mean, as much as you love to do those things, there is a time and place where you, you go to a little bit of a zone and everything. But overall, as a whole, I think the fan base is going to expect a lot more aggressive tenacious defense scheme-wise. Yeah, well, I think they're excited about that. Hey, Brock, thanks for checking in. All the best this season. I I know we're going to talk throughout the year a few times, but I appreciate you coming on here as we lead into the uh, kickoff game coming up Friday night. Thank you so much for your time. No problem. Thanks for having me. That is Brock Sunderland, the general manager of your... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. At Eskimos, and at 7:30 tonight, the first edition this season of the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss and Morley Scott. We'll tee up the Raptors game when we get back. You're listening to 6:30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Great to have Brock Sutherland on Inside Sports, the general manager of your Edmonton Eskimos. They're on the field Friday at seven. Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium taking on the Montreal Alouettes. Our coverage will start with the countdown to kickoff at 5.30. We're about half an hour away from tip-off. Game 5 of the NBA Finals. The Raptors up three games to one on Golden State who are expected to have Kevin Durant in their starting lineup tonight. The Edmonton Prospects off today. They will play in Regina tomorrow. The Prospects have won four straight and are now 8-4 and four in the Western Canadian Baseball League season. The Edmonton Stingers won their most recent game on Friday over Fraser Valley, 93-88. They will visit the Hamilton Honey Badgers on Friday and am the in the win over uh, Fraser Valley. My next guest had 18 points, 6 rebounds, and 8 assists. A typical all-round game for this gentleman. Pleased to be joined by Jordan Baker. Jordan, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Good, Reed. Thanks for having me. Thank you for very much for tuning in. Now, are you part of this watch party tonight with fans in Sherwood Park? Let people know what's going on. I am. Uh, I'm just on my way out there right now. Uh, it's a little bit of a trek from Southwest Edmonton, but on my way. Um, should be fun. I think there's uh, an outdoor screen. Uh, obviously, the BP's inside where you can get food and drink. So should be exciting. Hopefully, the Raptors come up with a win. All right, this is at uh, 11 Broadway Boulevard in Sherwood Park. Jordan and other members of the Stingers will be watching the game between the Raptors and uh, and Golden State. I, le- I-, I want to obviously check in on, on your season and your last couple of games, Jordan, but this is the, the, the big story in the, in the country tonight is that the Raptors can win it all. They can uh, win it at home. Uh, you know, I you've battled injuries in your career. I, I, I know in university you had a back injury, you, you had a jaw injury when you were playing in Japan. Things happen to people. Kevin Durant coming back tonight hasn't played in over a month. He is one of the greatest scorers in the game, but realistically, what do you expect from Durant tonight? Um, I mean, I think he gives Golden State a little bit of a different dimension, um, being able to stretch the floor even if he's not at 100%. Um, you know, if he's not able to, to break guys down one-on-one, he's still going to be able to, you know, you can park him in the corner and 
and Toronto's not going to be able to help off of him because that's essentially a layup for him in the corner. So uh, he's going to add a different dimension. Golden State, without him in the lineup, has, has been missing some outside shooting. So I think with him coming back tonight, it's going to be uh, a game-changer whether or not he scores you know, 25-plus. is a different story, but I think he's definitely going to have an impact uh, on the game. What's the what's the most difficult injury you ever dealt with? I mean, was it that back injury that cost you about half a season when when you were with the Golden Bears, or what was the toughest thing you had to battle through? Yeah, I mean, I think the back was obviously a big issue. It affected uh, not only the basketball but my entire way of life. Uh, you never realize how much um, your your back plays into you know walking around, sleeping, being able to lie flat. Um, but at the same time. Having a broken jaw is no picnic either. Not being able to eat solid food, having the jaw wired shut for eight weeks is uh, is not very fun. So uh, neither of them would I uh, recommend. Oh, well, <laughs> very good point. Very well said. In terms of tonight's game, Jordan, and, and, and you've been there as an athlete. You've played in big games. I mean, you played in a national final and, and several games at the national tournament when, when you were a Golden Bear. Uh, it, it's exciting. The crowd is going to be nuts do the Raptors, what, what do they have to manage, though, in the first few minutes of the game? I mean, they want to come out with energy, but is, is there something to be said that they, they don't want to expend all that energy and all that excitement early in the game? I think, I think Nick Nurse has done an awesome job with the, with the game plan and getting them prepared. So I think the number one thing is you've got to execute what's been drawn up in the, in the timeouts and in the huddles, and if you can do that, and give yourself a chance in the fourth quarter, I think that's when the, the home crowd's really going to get behind you and you'll start making uh, some, some clutch plays and some things that, you know, you may be out of character, but all of a sudden, you know, you're hitting bank shots or crazy shots like Kawhi did game seven against the Sixers. All right. Look, the Warriors have been the team in the NBA over the last five years. Steph Curry, arguably the greatest player in the game up there, you know, with LeBron and Leonard and, and players like that. You know, I... I've been watching Curry play the last several years. I would actually say Jordan Golden State got me more interested in the NBA than I might have been five or six years ago because they're exciting. He, he, like, I am still shocked at how quickly he can get his shot off. There have been times in these finals I've thought, oh, that's going to be blocked. Oh, he's not going to, and he he still, like, how how do you develop that? I mean, what can you say about Curry's release? How, How has he honed it so well? I mean, obviously a very special player, and we saw glimpses of it uh, in the tournament when he was at Davidson. So, you know, he's been doing this for a long time. I mean, even his brother, uh, you look, playing for the Blazers, you know, has that quick release. Um, but, you know, Curry's been doing it a long time in the NBA. Uh, he's been having to play against guys that are bigger and longer his whole career. So I think, um, you know, just being against that competition, you know, from a young age, he was playing against older guys. Uh, guys that are more athletic, guys that were bigger and taller and faster and stronger. So, you know, you've got to find that adjustment if you want to make the next level. And obviously, he's playing at a very high level. Um, so hopefully he misses a few tonight and, uh, you know, the Raps come out on top. Jordan, you're just slightly older than the Raptors are as an organization. So, you know, unlike me, you can't remember there not being an NBA team in Canada. Right. What would it mean to you as a basketball player and as a basketball fan to see them win the title? I mean, I think, and I've seen a lot of posts on social media about, uh, you know, where the Raptors have come as an organization and how far they've come from, you know, drafting Andrea Bargnani all the way to, you know, Vince Carter uh, missing that shot against uh, the Sixers 
uh, way back when. So, you know, the way that the organization has, has grown and, you know, you've seen, I guess, the game in Canada grow along with that organization, um, it's really special. Um, and, you know, just having watched them from a, from a very young age and, and my parents, um, you know, having – we've had more TV dinners in front of the TV watching Raptors games than I can remember. So, you know, to see them be on the brink of winning a, a world championship, that's, that's pretty exciting. Jordan Baker joining us tonight on Inside Sports. We're teeing up the Raptors game, which tips off at 7. Jordan and some of his Edmonton Stingers teammates will be at the Boston Pizza, 11 Broadway Boulevard in Sherwood Park, watching the game uh, watching the game with fans. All right, turning the attention to your team and the Canadian Elite Basketball League, you're now 4-3 and three out of the gate this season. I mentioned you have the road game coming up in Hamilton on Friday. You played the back-to-back games last Thursday and Friday. I want to go back to the loss in Saskatchewan on Thursday. Jordan, it was 69-62, and I did a double-take when I saw the score because I saw you guys play the Rattlers in Edmonton a week and a half ago. It was fast-paced. You know, the teams got up to 100. There was a lot of great shooting, a lot of three-point shooting. Why was that such a low-scoring game on Thursday in Saskatoon? Uh, I mean, we turned the ball over 26 times. Oh. So that's going to have a big part uh, of not being able to score, you know, 85, 90 points. Um, Our defense did a good job of holding them. Um, You know, they're a very talented team. They got some explosive guys. So, you know, we managed to to lock down a little bit defensively, but uh, turned the ball over too many times on the offensive end, couldn't get into a rhythm, and, and unfortunately came out on the wrong side of it. All right, you bounce back uh, Fraser Valley with the five-point win on uh, Friday night. Tell me a little bit about uh, about that game. I, I was here doing my show, didn't get to come out and see you like I did the previous Friday. And I know Fraser Valley came in winless, but obviously they gave you a lot to handle. Yeah, we got up to a great start, and then seemingly, uh, as we do most games, um, you know, it's a game of runs, and we let them back into it a little bit. Uh, we actually were down five with about four minutes to go, and managed to make some good plays down the stretch, keep our composure, um, and, and get the victory. So um, it was fun playing against, um, you know, a former Golden Bear teammate, Joel Friesen, on the other side over there. So um, being able to, to get the victory, obviously, uh, makes it a little bit sweeter. You played for the U of A at, uh, at the Savile Center, which is a, an excellent facility. And, uh, you know, obviously the main gym on campus was the home to the Golden Bears before that. When I went to watch that game at the Expo Center, Jordan, I, I wasn't sure what to expect, but I was very impressed with the vibe and how the court looked and some of the seating and the big screen. How have you found playing in there, and, and is it hard to develop a home court advantage when you're a new team like that in a new facility? Uh, I mean, the community's done an awesome job supporting us. Uh, with that 4-3 and three record, all four of our wins have been at home, so... Um, I can't say that it's been difficult for us to establish kind of that home court identity, that home court advantage. Uh, you know, the crowds have been awesome even on Friday night with the Raptors game going on at the exact same time. Uh, we still had, you know, 1,500 plus fans pour into the Expo Center. So we're pretty happy with how things have gone. We just now need to figure out how to get a world win uh, to help boost this record. All right, Jordan. Who's the unsung hero for the Raptors tonight? I'll finish it off there. Uh, I think you got to go with Fred Van Fleet. I mean, he's been playing great. Uh, we'll see how he bounces back from the lost tooth and cut eye, but uh, he's a warrior. I think he'll have a good, nice game tonight. Jordan, it's always great to have you on the show. Enjoy watching the game with fans in Sherwood Park. All the best Friday in Hamilton. We'll talk again soon. We are actually at home this Friday. 
Uh, oh, sorry, I got the wrong location there. So, Thank you so for correcting hopefully, me. So uh, hopefully you're not sending too many people away. But, yeah, Friday uh, we'll compete with the Eskimos, try to get some people down to the Expo Center at uh, 7 p.m. against Hamilton. Okay, no, I'm glad, you, I'm glad you told me, and I'll plug that all week for sure. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. That is Jordan Baker checking in tonight from the Edmonton Stingers, and it is a home game on Friday. And uh, I just realized I messed that up because they list uh, the CEBL puts the home team first on the website, which uh, throws me for a loop. So I'm dumb, but that's okay. I know you are not dumb, and because of that, I want you to win something. I want you to specifically win a four-pack of Eskimos tickets to the home opener on Friday against the Montreal Alouettes. You will have to answer a trivia question live on air with me at 780-496-0063. We'll just have one winner today. Uh, but if you want to st- if you if you want to line up on the on the call line, if the first person doesn't get right, I will go to other contestants. 780-496-0063. If you follow the Eskimos and the CFL, this will not be a difficult Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Question. We're giving away a four-pack of Eskimos tickets to the game on Friday. Back after the break. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Always remember to check out 630Ched.com for the latest on the Eskimos and the Oilers. Some Oilers news today with uh, a new man coming in to run the business side of the team, Tom Anselmi, coming to join OEG. All right, first trivia question of the football season. So I've decided to make it, in my mind, quite easy. Nick, I hope you agree with me that it's not that challenging and you get it immediately, but I'm going to give you 10 seconds once I ask it. Are you ready to rock and roll? You bet. Do you consider yourself relatively knowledgeable when it comes to the Canadian Football League and the Eskimos? I'd say I'm on the lower end of the scale, but I'm not without my moment. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, the Eskimos quarterback, starting quarterback for this season, is Trevor Harris. What team did he play for last season? Ooh, Trevor Harris, I want to say Hamilton. Unfortunately, Nick, that is incorrect. I am going to go along to Mo. Mo, do you know who Trevor Harris played for last season? Ottawa. Absolutely, Mo. Now, are you a pretty big CFL guy? Uh, yes, I am. I'm a diehard, and uh, I know somebody's listening uh, uh, make fun of me because they think the NFL is better. It's not even close. There you go. Mo, you sound very uh, you, uh, you sound very laid back. Are you hyped up for the Raptors game tonight or not? Uh, yeah, I am actually. I'm. Uh, you can I can call myself officially a bandwagon Raptors fan, but uh, but I'm with them, and I hope they pull it off. And I think they're gonna I think they're gonna blow them out tonight. To be honest, Mo, I appreciate you listening to the show. You nailed the trivia question, so you're getting four tickets to the Eskimos game against Montreal on Friday. Stay on the line, and Kellen will give you the details, okay? Awesome. Thank you. 
That is Mo, 780-496-0063. And an Eskimo who is eager to watch the Raptors tonight. He spoke to Morley Scott after practice. Receiver Natea J. Practice day for the Eskimos, yeah. game day for the Raptors. Yeah. How you feeling? I'm nervous, man. I'm nervous like I'm actually going to be playing this game, even though I have nothing to do with the team. Uh, like being a fan, it just feels like you have no control, so you're even more nervous than your own game. It's crazy. Yeah, how are you going to spend tonight? What are you going to do to watch it? You know, uh, you know, get together with some of the guys, and you know, a lot of the American guys are kind of rooting against the Raptors, so we kind of have a, a nice little mix going. So get some Canadian guys like Malumbo and Blair, and then get some American guys together and watch the game. Canadian guys who are just jumping on the basketball bandwagon. <laughs> you know, honestly, like a lot of guys, like you'd be surprised. Like Malumbo, he said he's been watching the Raptors since like he was a kid, so it, it's cool. But a lot of guys are jumping on now, and that's it. Doesn't matter whether you're a fan for a long time or you just jumped on now. Like everybody's cool. That is one thing I found. Football players seem to really like basketball. Yes, like because we all want to be basketball players until we were told we were too short. That's what it was, especially for me. Like I was just a straight hooper. Then my mom was like, hey, I don't think you're going to be like over 6'2". So just, you know, kind of try another sport. So, and I noticed like a lot of guys are like that, like Kevin Elliott. All the receivers pretty much played basketball throughout their lives. And then, you know, at one point or another stopped. And then now they're playing football. Yeah. Matt O'Donnell too, right? Matt O'Donnell, he had a tryout with the Celtics. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you see that a lot in basketball. So, and then football is a sport where like, you know, you can be all shapes and sizes, right? So, you know, more more athletes are welcome in football than kind of basketball. Do you know anybody who's getting into everything? Has it, it, been down at Jurassic Park and everything uh, while the game's been going on? Well, I understood they like they were lining up like yeah. two days ago. Right? Well, I live a couple blocks from Jurassic Park, uh, so like my family's there right now, and they're not actually in it because we got to put the little one to sleep. But they every night, like my wife gets woken up by like like hooligans outside. I have a friend uh, that actually one of my neighbors works for the team, right? So she like I always text her like, "What's the vibe? What's going on with the team? How's Kawhi feeling? How's he looking?" She she kind of gives me a little. Uh, uh, inside tips and tricks there, but uh, you know, overall, it's it's an exciting time for the city because that's all everyone can talk about. Kawhi's turned into one of those. Uh, he's folk hero right now in Canada. He's very not very often does an athlete play for a team and people just refer to him by his first name. Yes. but he's hit that stratosphere. Yeah, that's how you know you're legendary. Like LeBron, Messi, Ronaldo. You know, that's how you know you're not just in your sport great. You're like worldwide great. So you know he's hit that now, and uh, and it's funny because he doesn't even want that kind of spotlight, right? And that's what makes it even bigger because you know you, you see a guy that just working for you know just to win games. And people like people, especially in Canada, hardworking mentality just gravitate towards that. So he's he's going to be a national treasure for probably ever. Yeah, hopefully he's back next. Yeah, I know that's uh, no. a problem for uh, later. Yeah, that's yeah. a problem. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But I say this: like whether he comes back or not, he's giving me like like top ten basketball memories like I remember forever. So whether he comes back or not, I'm going to love that guy for the rest of my life. Well, the shot in Game Seven. I mean, like everyone, that's that's yeah. that's frozen in your memory. Frozen right? in my memory. That's up there with uh, Batista's uh, baffle. Um, and that, man, I can't say enough about that shot because I was watching with my my uh, mother-in-law, and she she's uh, she's not really a sports fan, but the way she reacted when that shot went in was like like our whole family is what has just won like a billion dollars. You know what I mean? So like it brings people together, and uh, it's definitely exciting times. Uh, I can't say enough about the whole city, my whole family, everybody's family. I feel like is excited. All right, let's uh, let's switch gears to football now. First practice of week one. How to feel? A lot of 
less guys here, which yeah. is, I guess, makes it a little easier to move around. Yeah, it does make it easier. You know, it's a, a, the tempo isn't uh, as crazy as training camp. Uh, it's a bit lighter day today. We're, we're switching things up and then ramping it up later in the week. But, you know, it's, it's cool to actually you know, have an opponent that, uh, in mind that you can actually prepare for and game plan for and kind of lock into the game plan. That's, uh, that's what today was all about and kind of knocking the rust off of, like, having – we haven't practiced for three, four days now. So, you know, knocking the rust off from uh, you know, not practicing and, and locking to the actual opponent and game plan. First game is always hard to prepare for because you don't know a lot about the other team. In this case, probably even more so. They got a defensive coordinator who hasn't coached in a long time, has never coached in the CFL. What do you know about the way that defense plays? Yeah, you know, we were talking about that earlier. You know, the you know, through the preseason, we're watching a lot of their preseason film, and you know, they've been showing some tendencies that we picked up on. And a lot of times, we we referred it back to like whenever a new coordinator comes over for the state from the states or the NFL, they seem to do the kind of similar things, right? So we've kind of picked that up. And and, uh, you know, we're preparing for that. And, you know, their personnel, like most of their secondary has kind of come from uh, Calgary. You know, Tommy Campbell, Siante Evans, um, Patrick Levels, and, and Lothler's from Winnipeg. So, you know, they're, they're going to have a lot of uh, communicating they have to do because, you know, guys are uh, pretty new in that system. Um, so we're going to – we have a lot of things that we think we can take advantage of for sure. Is it important not to let the chaos in the upper levels of the Alouettes organization confuse you about how good a team they are? Because I was looking at their roster, and you yeah. named some of the players they could be a pretty good team this year i agree with you they get they have some ballers and guys that have been in this league and have success in this league and you know coach uh, tuck was saying uh, a leopard doesn't change his spots so those guys they've showed what they can do and they're going to continue doing like similar things uh, in that defense and last year their defense wasn't bad it wasn't their 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 uh their, their issue it was uh more mostly on the offensive side so we know they're going to bring it on defense and uh we're going to be ready all right Nate, thanks for this enjoy the game tonight uh-huh i will go raptors Natea Jay from your Edmonton Eskimos talking with Morley Scott. And, yes, anthem time in Toronto. Tip-off right around the corner. We will keep you updated. Hey, Father's Day on Sunday, a special Father's Week segment when we get back. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. 630 Chet Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chet.